Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. We want to welcome you back to the program again today and uh, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us every week at the same time. If you're enjoying the program, please tell your friends about it. Uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, share it on your Facebook. Help us get the message out. And uh, it really does help us when you do that, uh, especially when you do it through your social media. You are welcome to do that, and we want you to do it. So uh, you're welcome to do it. We've been talking about the book of Hebrews, and I have on the set again with me my oldest son, Jeremy, who has uh, been a guest with me for the last five weeks. We'll be for a couple more weeks. We're enjoying digging in to the depth and plummeting some of the deep things of God in the book of Hebrews and especially in chapter 11. And we're going to continue there today. Uh, if you have missed any of these programs and you'd like to go back and review what we've taught on the book of Hebrews, you can go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. And it is very simple to do. Simply go to our website and right there it is, or you can see it on the screen. And there is from that opening page, it looks like our TV set right here. All you have to do is click on that and it'll take you directly to the YouTube page. There's also right above that little icons that look like iTunes and uh, YouTube, and uh, there's an RSS feed there for a little Android-looking little thing standing there. So if you'd like to get the audio portions of this, and while you're driving to work, or you're on a trip, or you're on your exercise bike, uh, you could uh, listen to the uh, podcast. You can go there and sign up for it. It's free, and uh, you can listen to it in your car however you'd like to. We're going to get back in the Word because we seem to cover a lot of material whenever Tim and I are together. It's just always uh, we feed off of each other so well when we're together on set. So we're going to begin again. We're bringing you back up to speed just a little bit. Hebrews 11 is uh, God speaking through whatever apostle it is that wrote this. He's talking to the Hebrews in the first century. This book is written to Hebrews. We have really, really covered that. They're Jews in the first century, and they are making the transition from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. And everything about this book is telling you what's better about the New Covenant. And we are dealing with, in this segment, better faith, better promises. But this is better faith. These people did something, Hebrews 11, uh, they, the apostle, whoever it is that wrote the book of Hebrews, was pointing to these people who were in Hebrews 10, were wanting to go back to their Jewish roots, to Judaism, to their temple, to their sacrifices, to circumcision, to animal. They're under, they're under pressure, and they are suffering the spoiling of their goods, and they're being uh, martyred in the arenas. It is in that backdrop that the apostle says to them, listen, don't draw back. Don't draw back. He'll say in the latter part of Hebrews 11, yet a little while and he that will come, will come. And he says, but we are not of them who draw back to perdition. Matter of fact, I think he said that in Hebrews 10. And he said, we're not of them who draw back to perdition. In other words, we're not going to go back to Judaism. So he begins to take them and he says, let's look forward to your heroes of faith. Let's look at your heroes of faith. Because if we can get you to focus on your heroes of faith, and you can see that these men were believing for something that was to come. That they built or did something in the visible realm that was a picture of the redemptive work of Christ, or a picture of the new covenant, or a picture of to them what was the coming kingdom of God. 
So they did something in the visible realm that was a picture of that. We talked about how Noah built an ark. It was a vehicle out of an old world dominated by sin to land on a mountain called Ararat where the curse was reversed. We talked about Abraham last week who looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. In Hebrews 11, he was looking for a city. In Hebrews 12, we've come to that city. So these, he was pointing to their heroes, trying to get them to focus on what they were believing for, because all of these men did something in the visible realm that was a picture of what they were looking for that would come in the redemptive work of Christ. But to us, he's saying then to them, now in that first century, now faith is a substance. In other words, we're not believing because we, God is going to do something. We believe because He already has. So we've come to a place where it's better faith, based on better promises. And He came to deliver those promises, but we live in better faith. And so I want to move on down because we've already covered several of these above here, but we're going to start in here today with verse 11 of Hebrews 11. It says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful that promised. She's trying to encourage these people, God who promised is faithful to deliver the promise. Mm -hmm. Within three and a half years of Hebrews 10, where he says, don't draw back to perdition, that system was dismantled and destroyed. Their old temple was destroyed Judaism was dismantled. The power of the holy people was finally broken, and God was giving them full access now to a new covenant that had better promises with a better tabernacle and all of that. But he's saying about uh, Sarah herself received strength to, to see because she judged him faithful that promise. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky and multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. They were saying that under the old covenant. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly if they had been mindful of the country whence they came out of, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. Now we, I'll wait on Abraham and Isaac, but see, uh, we shared with you in the last segment how Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. He was looking for a promised land, but we found out that the promised land was in Christ. We found out that the city is a people and not a place. We found out that uh, the heavenly country that they were looking for was actually in Christ, and life lived in Christ. He is the heavenly country that we live in. And, uh, but what I want to put the emphasis on is, it said, by faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive after she was past age, and after Abraham was the Scripture, this is pretty, pretty brutal if you're reading this in your Abraham, who was good as dead. In other words, this man I think was, I think was 99, and Sarah is 86. Their whole life They've been reaching for this promise. There's going to come a seed out of your loins that's going to bless the nations. You know, I think so many times we try to pass the blessing of Abraham to a natural people in Israel when really the seed that they was promised to 
was what Galatians 3 says, that seed was Christ. So when he said, I'm going to bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you, he's really not talking about natural Israel. He's talking about the people that are in Christ because the seed, actually the real Israel of God was his son. He said, out of Egypt have I called my son, and Israel is my firstborn. It was Jesus who went down into Egypt when Herod was killing his kids, and it was out of Egypt he called his son, because this new covenant was made with the house of Israel, and Jesus was that firstborn who was called up out of Egypt, who was the son, and if we're in that son, according to Galatians 3, if you be Christ's plural, if you belong to Him, then you're Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise, because the children of God that were Abraham's were always the children of God by faith. Faith was always the issue, not natural descent. That's why Jesus would say to those Jews standing there, if Abraham was your father, you would believe what I said. I don't want to get too bogged down in that except to say that, you know, the Israel of God is Christ. And if we're in Christ, we're Abraham's seed, and that's who the new covenant is made to. Now, what I want to emphasize is that Sarah herself received strength to conceive. Sometimes the women are the unsung heroes in the gospel and everywhere. I think of my own wife who's not in front of the camera a lot, but behind the scenes very much about a part of our ministry. But here's, here's what I got to thinking about when I think about Sarah. They had believed God for years. I mean, you think they didn't try to have a baby? I promise you, they tried to have a baby. And all of a sudden, she's 86, he's 99. They have all their life believed for this promise to come of a promised seed. God kept telling him, I'm going to give you a seed that's like the stars of the heavens. It's like the sand by the seashore. I can see Abraham going, I ain't even got a son here, you know. I need, you know, could you, you know, it looked like the promise wasn't going to happen. See, I think sometimes we get to the place we think that it's never going to happen. You know, we're waiting and don't look like God's promise. So many times we think, I don't know whether God's promises are true or not. But here's the thing. It says, by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive. Abraham had lunch with Melchizedek. He gets some bread and wine. He goes home. He's 86. It don't smell like Ben Gay in the tent tonight. Mm-hmm. It smelled like Chanel number no. five. Miss Sarah don't have her teeth in a glass anymore. She, 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 in, other words, in other words, she's all dolled up looking at 100 years old. She, I mean, 86 years old. Abraham had to lie about how good she looked to the king Abimelech who wanted to take her for one of his concubines. That's how good she looked at 86. That's why faith will work for you. Mm-hmm. You'll still be looking good at 86. But what I'm after here is when God stops by the tent of Abraham, after he's met with Melchizedek, which we talked about before, is a picture of the bread and wine of the new covenant. Yep. He says, I'm going to return to you the time of your life. And Sarah was in her tent, and she laughed. And God said, according to you, and, uh, at this time next year, you're going to have a son. But Sarah laughed. Here's what I'm after. This is what she said, and this really catches my attention. She says this in the book of Genesis. She said, shall I, being old, have pleasure? My Lord also being old. And what I begin to see was, she's asking God, not, I, I could I could hear it like this, forget having a baby. I mean, we've tried that for years. I just want to know, 
if I being old can have pleasure. In other words, I want to know if I can, my Lord also being old. I just want to know if I can enjoy my Lord again. And I think that to me speaks, Jeremy, of so many people in the church world who have their whole life tried to produce what they thought was their pressure to produce. It's like, okay, it is 9.03. My temperature is 103.2. I am ovulating. Let's make this happen. Even so much so that Abraham went to Hagar's tent by faith. Mm -hmm. Because Scripture said he didn't stagger at the promise of God. But Hagar according to Galatians 4, is Mount Sinai in Arabia. That is the Old Covenant. So he's taking faith, trying to mix it with his works, and all it produces is an Ishmael. When you take your faith and try to make it based on works, it's still an Ishmael. It may look like Abraham in the face, but it's got the heart of an Egyptian beating in his breast. But here's the thing, again, I'm after. I think so many times, Jeremy, we have put so much pressure on people to produce. It's time to produce. You've got to produce. You've got to have this. You've got to give birth to this. It, it has got so, so regimented. Like I said, it's 1203. My temperature's this. I'm ovulating. Let's go. We have put such emphasis on trying to reproduce that we forgot it's about enjoying our Lord. Mm -hmm. And the scripture said that by faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive after she was past age. And I heard the scripture go off in my spirit where it said, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm -hmm. What I believe God is saying through this story about Sarah is, you need to get back to enjoying your Lord. Mm -hmm. You need to be, go back to realizing it's not about producing, it's about enjoying the relationship. And when you get back the joy of your salvation, and you get back the joy of your Lord, then you're going to have to figure out how not to have babies. Yeah. And sure enough, she gives birth to Isaac, whose name means laughter. So we have to attribute this faith to this woman of God who just says, I just want to know, can I enjoy my Lord again? And there's a lot of people probably sitting there saying, you know what? Christianity's become a treasury to me. It's become a regimented formulas. And I just want to know, can I get back? To enjoy my Lord. And if you do, that's when it starts to flow. Go ahead. I was thinking too, you know, she, uh, not, you know, it's not just the strength to conceive that you need when you have children, but it's going to be the strength you need to keep up with them. Yep. You know, and I think even her asking, am I going to be able to enjoy this? Uh, you know, first off, I want to say too, she laughed when God said something. Mm -hmm. And even uh, Abraham, you know, after things were delayed sometimes, would go back when God would visit him and stuff, he'd ask him, you know, well, you know, how is these things going to be seeing that I have a certain, you know, the only one in my house is going to inherit anything is a servant. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think sometimes, too, is like we don't, uh, I, I said this a, a, a segment or so back about, you know, we, we got so many formulas in church, but not really enough trust in the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us and being able to ask the Lord, what should I do in this moment? And even whenever, you know, at times, you know, I, I think somewhat, you know, when we talk about the stuff that we talked about, about, you know, heaven being on earth right now, there are probably some people that are laughing about that. Mm -hmm. You know, but the thing is, I say go ahead and laugh because what happens is that's when God begins to prove some stuff. That's when God says, okay, you yeah, I'm going to get the last laugh. And I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back and you're going to have a son whose name means laughter. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get the last laugh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so I say go ahead, ask those questions. If this is, you know, I, I tell people all the time, God, God's like a father. You can ask him some stuff. You know, we act like, you know, you can't ask God. You can't question God. We told you, you know, you can't question God. But if, my, if I had a question of you, I'm going to come to you and ask you a question. You're probably going to give me the answer. How much more 
Our Heavenly Father wants us to begin to crawl up in His lap and say, I don't understand some stuff. Can you teach me? Can you teach, you know, I think the scripture says, and He will teach us of yeah. His ways. Yeah. But in, other, in order for Him to teach us of His ways, sometimes we've got to come up and let and us ask, reason together. You and know. let us ask some questions. You know, so, uh, you know, I think that one, when I take from that story of Abraham and Sarah, is that, hey, at least they were honest about some stuff. You know, when, you know we want to go, when God tells us at 86, you're going to have a child. We want to go, oh, bless the Lord, isn't this great? Except we don't believe it, but we're going to act like we're holy and it's, it, it's all good. Maybe what we need to do is if we don't believe it, just laugh a little bit. And let God, you know, let God see it a little bit. And maybe he's going to come and show us some stuff. Mm. You know, say, like, okay, you, I heard your laugh. I heard that you're a little bit real. And so now I'm going to show you. You're going to have a son named Laughter. I'm going to return back here and you're going to have a son whose name means Laughter. You know, but I look at that. But I also think about, as you were talking about, she received strength to conceive. Now, I'm not just thinking about when she's thinking about those things like, well, I'm going to have pleasure in my old age, the pleasure of being with her husband again. Mm -hmm. But also, I think if she's thinking at 86, the pleasure of being with that child. Yeah. You know, that, that when you conceive that child, I think she thought, you know, when I was younger, you know, I wanted a child and I had the energy to keep up with it. I want to, you know, any parent that has a kid and they're getting ready to, to have a child, they're thinking of all the stuff their parents did with them. And you're thinking about all the stuff that you want to do with your kid. Matter of fact, I think yesterday my daughter wanted to go fishing. And so we took her down to our, I took her down to our family pond yesterday and we went down and we caught some fish. And I was walking, I thought about it, I was walking back from one of the banks, we're walking back to where, you know, parked, parked at and she's following behind me. And I was thinking of all the times I had walked that same path along that pond following my dad or following mm -hmm. my grandpap and how many, you know, how it's just been a generational thing of, you know, I remember fishing here with my dad and my grandpap down here at this pond and catching little fish and thinking how great it was and bringing down a little bread to put on there because we, my grandpap, if you caught fish, you didn't throw them back, you took them home and you cooked <laughs> them up and we was going to go and cook them up, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, as my daughter was following me back through that same path that I had traveled following you through that path and how much, you know, it, it, it was a joy that I, that's the kind of stuff I thought about when I was going to have kids of, these are the things I want to do. Mm -hmm. These are the things I want to pass on. And I think when she's even asking the Lord, shall I have pleasure in my old age? I think she's thinking about, there were things that when I was younger, when I thought about having kids, those are the things I wanted to yeah, do. Yeah. And am I going to have, not only just have a child, but be able to do the things that I thought about when I thought about that child, the things I'm able to pass on to it, the, the, the fun of getting out in the dirt and playing in the dirt or you know, watching them ride their bike for the first time or the first time, am I going to be able to enjoy the child, the thing that I'm going to give birth to? And I think there's been a lot of people that, you know, uh, the, 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 that, that, that have, have lived in church their whole life and it seems like the promises of God have been delayed and their 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 hope is that well you know heaven you know we get heaven you know heaven you know you're not you're not lame there you don't you know we don't have no issues we don't have no health issues we don't have you know that's that so our goal has become heaven rather than really thinking you know Lord can I live here and have pleasure here as well and not just some glad morning but can I get some strength it, can you know in other words I believe the Lord really wants to encourage some faith of some people this morning that it's not just there that God wants to give you some pleasure, but there's some things God wants to give you some pleasure for here too. You know, we start thinking about even, you know, you, you growing up, I've grown up in church my whole life. 
And so I know the stories that you hear over and over again of people worrying about their kids because they're not in the house of the Lord, you know, and what their future is and, and being upset and praying constantly. And I, I, I thank God for people praying for you. And I, I, I believe in that. And I, I'm going to pray for my daughter, you know, every time she leaves the house. And even when she's here at the house, I pray with her. But I, I think there needs to be some change of mindset. The Lord wants to give us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power where we can begin to enjoy the pleasure of, of this life. You know, in other yeah. words, I think the Lord just doesn't want to restore the promises of God to us. But he wants to restore the pleasure of the promise mm -hmm. as well. The strength of those things to begin to say, there are some things God has promised me. You know, in other words, if, if, if you've had children, they're not in the house of the Lord, but you know the Lord promised you that they would be. I, I don't think that's for one day, you know, well, I just thank God, you know, even if I die, God's going to bring them back into the house of God. I think God wants to not only restore the promise of bringing your children back to the house of God, but the pleasure of that as well. And what I mean by that, maybe there's some things God has to begin to change your mindset about and receiving them back to the house of God, receiving them into, mm -hmm. you know, in other words, maybe the way they come back is going to make you laugh. But it's the laughter that that child begins to be named after that begins to bring you the pleasure again that you begin to, not only do you live, yeah. does your children come back and your promises of God begin to be brought to you, but there begins to be pleasure in receiving those promises. Mm -hmm. It's not just... You know, we've talked about, you know, she was 80 years old, 86 years old. Uh, Abraham was 99 years old. You talk about, uh, we talked about Caleb, who was uh, 80 years old when he defeated the giant. In other words, we think because, we, we think in times, we really don't think like overcomers, and we really don't think like sons of God, because the older we get, we stop really having some hope for some faith of things. You know, in other mm -hmm. words, we, we stop thinking that the promises of God are going to come to pass, and we almost become hopeless people. And we really become faithless people. Yep. And we don't receive it and we don't think, you know what, God wants to give this to me now. And not only does he want to give me the promise, but he wants to restore, he wants to give me the strength to enjoy yeah. what he's about to bring to pass. You know, in other words, I don't think that Caleb went up there, defeated a giant and goes, well, now I'm out of energy and he dies. I think once he received yep. what he looked for, he Nor got did to, Abraham and Sarah. They lived a good while. They after. lived in the places that they were promised and began to enjoy the fruits of what God had promised them. And there became an enjoyment of life. And yeah. they began to, like I said, maybe they sat on some porches with their kids and, and said, you know, this is the good life right now. How can you tell me this ain't the promised land? This, this is some good stuff. I think, you know, we as Christians, we talk about the promises of God, our yes and amen, except we don't really receive it nor do we have the pleasure of it. And I think really what we have to be is like a Sarah who begins to, maybe it takes us laughing at some stuff and saying, I don't, you know, being honest about God, you know what, I've held on to some promises, but I'm getting to a point now where if they don't come to pass, it ain't happening. Yeah. You know, or, you know, I'm or if it past, does, it's going to take God. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is, you know, or, or Sarah who says, you know, hey, I, am, I am way past that time of yeah, life. Yeah. I, I, you know, I held on to your promises yeah. for a long time, but now I've gotten to the place where it's not, it's not even seemed like it's possible. I mean, I'm not, you know, she had gone through her time of life. She had gone through the cycle of life. It was way past, and she's laughing, and she's got right to laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. But God begins to see that laughter and says, now I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn that, and I'm going to show you what, just how this power works. And I think that there needs to be some people that either need to, to really focus on their faith and see it come to manifest, or laugh at it 
and allow God to say, okay, I saw your laughter. I'm going to show you that this isn't by might nor by strength, but it's by my spirit. Say, Lord, I'm going to bring this thing to pass. And not only am I going to bring it to pass, but I'm going to give you enjoyment of it. The stuff that we thought, you know, God has held off and that it hasn't come to pass, I think God wants to return it to us and then give us the time to have pleasure in it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a matter of fact, you talk about these guys of faith. You talk about these scriptures. These guys lived for long past times after they received their promises. What if we as a people of God really began to, to, to take hold of the promise? Because yeah. we keep putting it off as if it's, it's, it's someday, yep. rather than, again, today. We stop calling it today. Where, you know, the scripture says, I see men living as old as trees. I see, you know, that, 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 that you know, when you, what's that scripture that you live into a, uh, to be a hundred? You die, if you die at a hundred, you'd be considered an infant of days, yeah. Isaiah. You're just a, you're, you're an infant. You know, what if we really start to see those things as that's really the promises of God? Yeah. We laugh at that stuff. You know, we yeah. look at that and we, we want to act like we're holy and that's, you know, yeah, that's going to, and what we do is we go, one of these days that's going to happen. But it's really meant for us today. We need to really begin to hold God to his promises in a way or begin to like really receive it. You live it. I think God is waiting for some people to say, you know what? May not be holding God to his promises. May be us holding ourselves to the promise. Exactly. We're not believing in it. In other words, we're not not living by this faith that we're preaching. We're just going. Living like a stranger. We're we're acting like we believe it. We're good actors at it. But but what do we really begin to believe? That this is for us today. Mm -hmm. It's not for some glad morning. It's not for someone after a while. But we begin to say, this is really meant for me today and begin to receive it. And I believe the Lord wants to give us the pleasure of that life. In other words, he wants to restore to us not only that the promise came to pass, but we get to enjoy that promise as well. Yeah. Be like Sarah. Absolutely. I believe that's the whole key of what he's saying here is enjoy it. I believe there are people listening to us that have held on to promises that seems like it's totally impossible. You've tried to make it happen on your own, and that's really the problem. God waited till it was humanly impossible for Sarah or Abraham to reproduce a son. And it was at that moment when he could not do it on his own that God stepped in with the miraculous. But they still continue to believe. And I, I believe the key is even, you know, sometimes for those of us who are older and we've been in the things of God for a long time, we waited on stuff, waited on stuff. It's easy to get bogged down in the mundane repetitive cycles, it seems like it's the same old, same old, same old. But the reality of it is, is it's it's available to us to simply access it. But the key is, once again, enjoying your Lord, enjoying the journey. You know, our friend Scotty Todd, who's going on meeting with the Lord, that was one of the main things I learned from him was enjoy the journey. And it's enjoying the journey that it all of a sudden, when Sarah and Abraham begin to enjoy each other's relationship, she brought forth her own, she brought forth the seed of promise that the book of Galatians said, not seeds as a many, but one seed. And he said, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And then, then if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
we're about to run out of time again. It's been wonderful here. I, I, I hope you're enjoying this uh, series we're doing on the book of Hebrews, and we're going to continue. Uh, so tune in again next week at the same time. If you'd like to help us uh, with the ministry, like to become a partner, we really do need your help. You can call the number on the screen. Somebody be standing by. If you don't get an answer, leave a message. We'll call you back. The easiest way to give is to go on the website, and there is a link there where you can give via credit card or debit card. You can even set up a monthly debit if you'd like to become a partner. Or you can send a check or a money order to this t uh, address that will come up on the screen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us again this week. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.